This is LBC, leading Britain's conversation. Call 0845 6060 Tweet at LBC. Text 84850. Mystery Hour with James O'Brien on LBC. Three minutes after 12, you are listening to LBC. Let the mysteries commence. If you've got one and it needs an answer, a solution, a resolution, you know the number. If you've actually, why would you know the number? You might, you might have just tuned in by accident for the very first time. If you've got an answer that you've been unable to, I beg your pardon, a question that you've been unable to find an answer to, 0845 6060 973 is the number that you need. This is by far the busiest hour of the week on LBC, not just on my watch, but right across the schedule. I think we average about 2,000 calls between 12 o'clock and 1 o'clock on Thursday afternoons, but oddly, that shouldn't put you off. Judicious use of redial, careful preparation and determination are all the ingredients you need to get your question on the board. So what sort of questions are we looking for? Simples. A who? Why? A what? A where? A when? A whither? A wherefore? A whence? The only rules we have is that you don't ask are that. You don't ask a question we've already had. Uh, you can give yourself a little bit of help on that issue by going to lbc.co.uk and looking at the, sw- uh, the uh, archive that's there. It's a jolly funny read as well, actually. It's been brilliantly put together. Not by me. They're not my gags. lbc.co.uk is the place that you need. We also try to avoid dullness. I appreciate dullness is often in the ear of the beholder. If your question's about motoring cars or roads, it will almost certainly be uh, politely rejected. And if it's a question, I always wonder how to put this. If it's an obvious one, like, uh, why don't you ever see baby pigeons? Or, or why, why is, don't you ever see any white dog mess anymore? Then just save yourself five pence. I, I don't mean to sound ungrateful, but we've been doing this now for a few years. And the likelihood of us not having covered a hardy perennial of a, of a question is pretty much nil. So that's all. I hope that doesn't sound unfriendly or, or, or unwelcoming or ungrateful. Dullness and repetition are our only enemies. 0845 is the number you need. If you hear me say the number, it means that I've got at least one phone line into the studio free. Um, I'll do my level best to give you a heads up as quickly as I humanly can. And, of course, the other side of the mystery hour coin is the answer. If you hear somebody ask a question to which you know the answer, then you're duty-bound to call in. If you, if you want to join us in celebrating knowledge and illumination, then you ring in with your answer and hopefully provide satisfaction to the original questioner. If your question sounds definitive, if you convince us that your qualifications are sound, you will hear a mystery hour round of applause, possibly the loftiest accolade achievable by anybody in the world today. Uh, and by qualifications, I don't mean yes, James, I've got a bag of gymnastics award grade four, that's how I know the answer to this, or I'm a PhD in uh, in theoretical physics. Qualifications could just have been watching the right television programme last week, or qualifications could be the um, uh, academic certificates that adorn your uh, professorial wall. Anything goes. That's the point that I'm making. When I say what are your qualifications, all I'm really saying is how do you know that? How do you know that thing that you know? And the other other word of caution, and do you know, every week I wonder whether I should explain this, but I think I do, and I, I think I will again, and I think I probably will every week. The reason that I mention it is because as I see my children growing up, everything's at their fingertips in a way that's great and possibly enviable, but also a little bit sad in a way. The effort that used to go in. We had encyclopedias at home. A whole ream of them that my dad picked up in Oxfam. The Children's Encyclopedia by Arthur Mee. And you could find stuff in there. It could take a while to find it. You'd have to flick through a few pages and cross-reference and go back. Now, even my eight-year-old could understand the purpose of Google, this is about knowledge you've already got. 
So if you hear someone ask a question and you think, oh, I know where I can find the answer to that, and the answer might well involve an internet search engine, resist. Sit on your hands. Put your fingers back in the holster. This is about knowledge you've already got, knowledge that has been accrued. It's a celebration of education, a celebration of illumination. And if that sounds po-faced and pompous, then I am prepared to be po-faced and pompous with you today. I love that kind of thing, that, that sort of almost the autodidact, the, the self-taught nature of some of the knowledge that we've got, a, a hobby, an interest, just a, a memory from school or, or, as I say, the result of reading or researching. That's it, I think, isn't it? That's more than enough rules for what's supposed to be a bit of fun. 0845 is the number that you need. A couple of phone lines free there now, so speedy. In fact, quite a few. Obviously, as ever, on a Thursday, with all the new people arriving, we have to politely sift through the repetition before happening upon questions that have either not been asked before or to which we simply can't remember the answers. 0845 is the number you need. Hit the numbers now, you will get through. David is in Greenhide. David, what is your question? Hello, James. Uh, question is, um, my friend of mine just started on the Cross Rail project, and he was saying, all that way underneath the ground, how do they know in which direction they're going, and if they're going the right way? Because they can't use a compass, they can't use stars or anything like that. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Hang on. Your mate's working on it, and he wants to know how they know what well, direction. He's, 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 he's not actually digging the tunnel. Well, that's a relief, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Why can't they use a compass? Is that a stupid question? Well, I would before we work underground, would it? Compass. Why not? I don't know. Magnetic. Oh, no, no, you've got me there. Uh, you didn't really think this one through, Dave, did you? No, no, I didn't. Is there, is there any no. reason why a compass wouldn't work underground? Well, I wouldn't have thought. I don't know. I I'll, I'll, I'll level with you, David. I, I'm lining up for a bit of a ribbing of you here. Yeah. You can tell, can't you? I've got that kind of just flexing my muscles kind of demeanour about just cracking the old knuckles and we'll reel David in. But right. every every time I do that, about five minutes later, someone else rings in and goes, you remember that bloke you were incredibly rude to while you were ribbing him for asking a stupid question? <laughs> and I yeah. go, yes. And they go, well, it wasn't actually a stupid question at all. It was a really clever question. But I'm, I'm going to back myself on this one, David. I'm going all in. I'm pushing my chips into the middle of the table. And you know which right. direction you're going when you're digging the crossrail tunnel in exactly the same way as you know which direction you're going in when you're not right ask me what my qualifications are i've never in my puff heard of anybody being unable to employ a compass underground well no it, it, it goes to the poles well that's what i would have thought so well yeah it's your question yeah and it's my well, round of applause thank you very much <laughs> all right thank you after that massive build-up. Jared's in Daventry, Northamptonshire. Um, Hello, yes. I was just wondering, how do um, guide dogs uh, actually see if they can't see colour? Say they're at a traffic light and, they've, and there's no beeping. They've got, they've got to let the owner know when they cross the road. Yes. How would they know it was safe if they can't see the red, tell the difference between red and green? And you know that they can't tell the difference between red and green? Well, it's been, I, I thought it had been proven that dogs can't see because they're colourblind. What, what, I mean, what, why wouldn't there be a beeping? I mean, the beeping is there for blind people. I mean, uh, I mean, yeah, but uh, as I said, not all the time. I mean, there what? may be traffic lights and they may come to, there may not be beeping or... May, well, all may all, be pedestrian, all red... pedestrian crossings either beep or they have a little... Th ah, this might be the answer you're looking for. It's nothing to do with the dogs. There's a little sort of buzzy thing underneath the unit that you press. You know the button that you press when you want to cross the road? Okay. If there's no... My, my little girl showed this to me. I don't know how she discovered it. If you pre press the button, 
and there's no beeping, you, you, there's a little sort of vibrating thing underneath the unit that starts vibrating when it's time to cross. Oh, okay, I never knew that, you see. No, well, that's why we're here, mate. That's what Mystery Hour is for. So it just doesn't address your question. I think the colourblind dog can't tell just from the lights when it's time to cross, otherwise they wouldn't have introduced beeping in the first place. All right, and no, that's, that's, that's understandable, though. Thank you for your time. No, thank you very much, Jared. That's two for two for me. I, I don't want anyone to think this is an exercise in me showing off. That's the other, that's the other 14 hours of the week. Claire's in Holloway. Claire, question or answer? Uh, question, James. Come on, Claire. Why do hens keep on laying eggs that they'd never hatch into chicks? I'm going to get a hat trick now. I feel embarrassed. Oh, no. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to lie to you, Claire. That's not the sharpest question we've ever had on Mystery Hour. <gasps> oh, I'm going to cry. Well, I, I want to know. Okay. Go on. I'm just sort of working my way into this one. Just give me a second. <laughs> I need to. So, you want to know why eggs keep laying eggs that don't hatch into chicks? Hens yeah. keep laying eggs that don't hatch into chicks. Yeah. Right. Do you know what the word fertilisation means? Uh, yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> So what the what the hen lays is an unfertilized egg. Yeah. No no clouds clearing yet, no moment. No, of, no, 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 but Arbot. They're not kept away from cocks, are they? <laughs> so why don't they become fertilized? Well they are. They're not. They are. No, they're not. They are. Well, I've just been to a farmhouse. Yes. And the hens were outside our window. Yes. And there were cocks in the, the pen with them all. Uh, okay, so you can eat a fertilised egg. So are the ones we eat fertilised or not? Usually not, because the ones we eat have been bought from a shop and there'll be huge flocks of chickens where there's no cockerel present. They'd just be, if you will, the unfertilised so, so egg. So that... the ones that I ate in the farmhouse for breakfast yes. were fertilised then? Well, I mean, I can't say that for well, sure. But so it's I, possible. I one of them then. It's possible. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I don't want to get religious about okay. it, Claire. But the but the point is is a fairly simple one. If we were to talk about cycles, then for a female human, you're talking about a monthly cycle. For a female hen, you're talking about a daily cycle. Oh, okay. So you get a, 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 an egg a day, you see, and and the likelihood of everyone being fertilised, even if there's loads of cockerels around, is slim. Well, well, that makes sense then. Because yes. I was thinking, were they given something to make them lay every day? I've got, I mean, I, this is a bit of a... <laughs> you think it's a really boring, stupid No, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm afraid I'm pausing for an entirely different reason. Oh, I, okay. I, um, I lost two chickens last month. Oh. Cherry and ginger. I'm sorry. Cherry and ginger will never squawk again. Oh, dear. And having been a chicken keeper... For a yeah. short but sweet period of my life, I can tell you that you don't give them anything. I mean, they've got, like, bits of calcium in their feed because that right. makes the shell get harder, but there's nothing medical or, or medicinal, uh, it, it, like so a sort of contraceptive. So it, just, it just all happens naturally in the... Some of the eggs you eat, if, if, you're, if you're hanging wow. around with chickens with a lot of cockerels around, some of the eggs you eat, I, I, I reckon, must be fertilised. But okay. you eat them so quickly that the fertilisation process hasn't really got underway. Okay, well, that's... that's that's taught me a lot. Thank you. I'm feeling it. And I'm sorry that I've made you upset. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Thinking have, about your chicken. Yeah, hey, I'm, I was moving on. Okay. Thank you. I'm sorry. Is, am I going to sound unbearable if I give myself a third round of applause? No, I think you absolutely deserve one. And it'll take Go my on. mind off the chickens as well. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Claire. Cheers.
bless their little feathery souls. It's quarter past twelve. Mystery Hour with James O'Brien on LBC. Nineteen minutes after twelve, you are listening to LBC, where I find myself in the rather embarrassing position of having successfully answered every single question submitted by callers so far, which means we need a whole heap of new questions, and you can provide yours by... Doing it the traditional way. 0845 is the number to call. We, we are, in a way, victims of our own popularity. So if you try to get through and can't for five minutes straight, it's perfectly possible that at the end of that five minutes, I'll have half a dozen phone lines into the studio free because we bat away with great politeness and grace a huge number of people who want to ask questions that we have dealt with before or which just don't quite measure up to the, 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 the necessity of being interesting to most of us rather than just you. So... If you want to get yours on the board, you know what to do. Uh, and don't forget Twitter as well, at Mr. James O.B. if you want to follow me. We shall uh, uh, retweet during Mystery Hour a few of the more uh, amusing or apposite observations. Uh, Rupert is in Twickenham. Rupert, question or answer? Uh, good morning. Question. Good man. Um, why do we use the word quantum, as in quantum leap, for a giant step forward when a quantum is the smallest measurement? It's th- I, I, I didn't know that quantum was the smallest measurement. Yeah, I remember at school, we were told quantum's the smallest measurement. I put my hand up and said, what about half a quantum? I got a clout. Yeah, it's quite right, too. Sounds like my kind of school. <laughs> it was your kind of school. <laughs> was it? Not far away from it. <laughs> well, there, there you go. A small world. Um, yeah, that's a brilliant question. So quantum physics is the study of tiny, tiny things, is it? Yeah, yeah. and a quantum is apparently the smallest measurement. And yet we refer to a quantum leap as something epic and huge. It's a lovely question. It's a lovely, lovely question. In fact, you've made me feel better about everything, Rupert, because I... I, I, I no, you really have. I feel a little, I, I don't know, chippy sometimes when I'm telling people not to ring in with boring questions or repet- repetitive questions, but then that's why, so that we get to the nub of matters that have never... Well, we refresh the parts that no mystery hour has ever refreshed before. Why do we say a quantum leap when a quantum is a thing of tininess? You, you're on. Get, get Rupert an answer now. 0845 if it is an answer you can provide. Danny's in Hornchurch. Danny, question or answer? Uh, I've got a question, please. Come on, then. Uh, what is the difference between an apple and a cooking apple? Well, you can cook with one of them. Can you not cook with both? Well, you sort of can, but have you ever tried cooking with a non-cooking apple? Uh, no, I've only just started cooking. Uh, uh, fair play. If you cook with a non-cooking apple, I think you will find it very, very difficult to have any any bite to your apple in your crumble. It'll go sludgy and sloppy much, much more quickly. So I imagine... Hang on a minute, mate. Danny, can you stay there? I just need to take a bit of counsel from the team, all right? Am I, am I going too, too, too far today? I, I'm about to have a crack at Danny's as well, and I'm thinking that's... That's the just not pretty. I've got it. You're right. I'm just a little bit up myself. Is it? What? How much? All right, Danny. I will find. I will. I will find you an answer, my friend. Good man. We Thank will. You. We will find. What is the difference between an apple and a cooking apple? Oh eight four five six zero six zero nine seven three. Jonathan is in Putney. Jonathan, question or answer? Have it's a question, please, James. Come on, Jonathan. So, is there ever a point in the world where there are across three different dates? So, more than 24 hours across the international dateline. So, you could have three different places in the world and it would be three different calendar dates? Precisely, yeah. I don't know if that's a brilliant question or a bonkers one. What do you think? (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> it's a very thin line I found in the past. It's possible, because at New Year's Eve, when you see the celebrations, and they sort of seem to start halfway through New Year's Eve over here, and then you've got your own New Year's Day, and then you'd still be seeing another celebration after midnight on New Year's Day our time, wouldn't you? Precisely, yeah. I love I that I just question. wanted it to actually get all the way across. I, I don't know. I guess that's a fantastic notion. I shall find out for you. I, I, that is the first question I have absolutely no. And the quantum question, no Scooby-Doo about. So why is a quantum leap so-called when a quantum is a tiny thing and a quantum leap is generally regarded as an enormous thing? What is the difference between an apple and a cooking apple? And for Jonathan in Putney, is it ever three different dates at exactly the same time on our planet? I, I love that one. That's the sort of question that makes your teeth itch a bit. Alan's in Ascot. Alan, question or answer? James, so it's a question. Bring it on. Um, when you drive down the motorway or down the dual carriageways in the country, you look in the nice fields left and right, Yes. you often see a copse of trees smack in the middle of a field. You do, yes. Why? What's it there for? The, what, what, the trees? You mean, why hasn't the farmer chopped them down and, and, and handed all yes. the land over to, to arable? I, so you can just plough the field, but have to go round this copse of trees. It can't any be very... Any farms listening in, please, that can ask that one for me? I, I, I like... Any theories? I've got... Well, I, I was only thinking for sort of wildlife, but some of these, some of these, these copses are obviously well established and been there for a good many years. So there could, know, could be no years. choice. The farmer might not have any choice about it, but then that would beg the Possibly, question of why, yeah. they didn't, why didn't they chop them down when they first turned the field over to agriculture? I like that. Why do you have... Is cops the right word? Is cops the right word? Alan said cops. It's a great word. I like cops. Alan, is cops the right cops, word? Cops? No. Maybe a small wood. What about little woods? Tiny, tiny forest. I'll do that again. What about little woods? Little woods good then, James, yes. <laughs> we'll go with cops. Tony's in Nottingham. Tony, question or answer? Hi, James. I've got a question for you, please. Come on, Tony. Um, my question is, where did pigeons live before there were cities? I know that as well. <laughs> this, is, this is awful. I've just got to shut up now. You don't want to hear my answer, do you, Tony? Um, no, I'll, I'll go for someone else's. I'll get someone else uh, yeah. a chance to give me a definitive answer. All right, I'll, I'll give you a clue. Go on, then. What do you call a man with a seagull on his head? Tony? Hello? Did you say anything? Yeah, clear. Oh, I missed you. I thought I was hanging on there. The suspense was killing me. We'll see. It's 26 minutes after 12. You're listening to Mystery Hour with James O'Brien on LBC. Uh, it's possible we just went off one. Uh, Sam's in Bexley Heath. Sam, question or answer? It's an answer, James. Marvellous. It's about time someone else had a go. <laughs> um, about the guide dog. Oh, oh. I'm sure we went definitive on that. Okay, good. Um, basically, the guide dog... Um, is only there to actually guide the person. It's the person that decides when it's safe or not to cross the road because the dog has no concept of safety. Um, of so when, they, when you're standing at a crossing, if they haven't got a beep or they haven't got the, the, the knob underneath that turns round to tell them when it's safe, yes. then you listen for the car engines and you wait to, to hear whether, when they stop and then you tell the dog that it is safe to cross. So we labour under the illusion that guide dogs are sort of leading you around and, and, and yet most of the time you're leading the guide dog around yeah because it, i mean it's only an animal it doesn't know no, i knew that i mean I might, I might not have got the question <laughs> completely right sam but i was aware of the animal status of the dog <laughs> um but yeah the dog is only there to kind of you know get you to it knows where the post office is in relation to your home it knows uh, where things are so it it kind of guides you in that respect and that's where the training is given 
with guide dogs for the blind and people like that and to uh, train them up in the home. I suspect that people probably have, have worked out the answer to this, but what are your qualifications? Um, I'm partially sighted myself, and I also used to present a radio programme for the blind. Oh, did you really? Yes, on a community radio station. Fantastic. So, you, you, can I ask you a question then? I don't normally yes. do this on Miss Chat. Why do you think people are so fascinated by guide dogs? We, we, we'll get a question. They don't often get on because they're repetitive. This one was new. We'll always get questions about guide dogs on Mystery Hour. Why do you think sighted people are so intrigued by the guide dog? Um, I think because it's um, an animal that is brought into a human world mm. in order to provide a service for the human. And the, the level of training that they undergo is so extreme and so rigorous. They have a, quite a high failure rate. And the puppies that don't make it as, as guide dogs are then employed as buddy dogs for children who are partially sighted um, and, and things like that. And it's just the concept of um, an animal that is there to provide a service. And, yes, different from you know, any it, other dog you encounter. I mean, apart from, I suppose, sheep you, dogs. You do or get hearing dogs. dogs for the deaf as well. Yes, you do. Um, I'm right, though, Emma. You, you recognise what I described, this fascination that sighted people have with the workings of, of the guide dog and the relationship with the owner. It is, and in, in it's that relationship. It's a lifetime relationship. You get a guide dog for life, um, you know, and that becomes basically your, your eyes. I, uh... I've had so much applause today. I'm going to put one of them back in the pot and then I'm going to shake the pot around a bit and then I'm going to put it out for you, Sam. Thank you very much. No, thank you very much. It's 29 minutes after 12. You're listening to James O'Brien on LBC where Mystery Hour is under the w underway. Questions that still need answers. What's the difference between an apple and a cooking apple? Uh, trees in fields. You know the sort of groups of trees in the middle of a ploughed field. Why is that? Why doesn't the farmer just chop them down and plough the whole thing up? Where did pigeons live before there were cities? The origin of the pigeon, if you like. And... Is there ever a point on the planet where it is a different calendar date, three different calendar dates at precisely the same time? I mean, this would be true every day if it is true, but I, I don't know. I said the question's either brilliant or bonkers, and your answer might involve highlighting why it wasn't a very good question at all, but I still want to hear it. The number you need, whether you're questioning or answering, is 0845 I'm James O'Brien. You're listening to LBC. It's half past 12. Mm. Mystery Hour with James O'Brien on LBC. 33 minutes after 12, Mystery Hour is underway. Uh, and questions that we still need answers to include the uh, whereabouts of pigeons before cities were invented. I understand that question, but I, I, I don't know that the answer will be as exciting as the question I hoped. Where did pigeons live before cities um, came about. Why do rural agricultural farmers' fields often have small groups of trees smack in the middle of them, which can't be much use for ploughing or, or uh, uh, reaping? 0845 if you can answer that. The difference between an apple and a cooking apple, an eating apple and a cooking apple, what is the actual difference? And quantum, if, if the word is itself uh, meaning a tiny, tiny proportion a tiny tiny quantity why do we talk of a quantum leap as something absolutely enormous um and i think peter in ilford's going to answer the other question still on the board as well peter question or answer hello james hello. it is an answer go on it's a, it's about time zones yes could there possibly be well coincidentally i'm trying to trying to throw out rubbish in my house and i'm considering throwing away a 2011 diary oh yeah but I was looking through the front pages because they can contain interesting information about metric conversions. But there's a page that I was just looking at as the question came on, international information. No way. With, yes. Whoa. With time differences, hours plus or minus to GMT in London. 
and the maximum time difference is to Wellington in New Zealand with a time difference of 12 hours. Um, Between us and and Wellington, I'm sure there's time differences of more than 12 hours. There can't be, because then it's just half an hour the other way, isn't it? Um, And it made me realise that that when they were working out the time zones, they divided the Earth's circumference into 24 equal units, e.g. the 24 hours of the day, so it's impossible for them for it to be what your man describes as but you could have, different times. you could have 12 hours to Wellington, but then 12 hours the other way as well. In which case you're back at your start point at the same time. Is it? Yeah. You've got that thing and you're doing that sniff in between your comments that just makes you sound so knowledgeable and <laughs> No, I bet you're just doing it. You're doing that thing. You're sort of going, yep, no, well, then you'd be back at your start point, wouldn't you? I, I think it's because even though, I've, even though I'm a, I'm a, a oh, holder no. of five and a half wonderful rounds of applause already, I'm still really nervous. What if you're, what if you're either point. side of the dateline? What's the time difference then? Ah. <laughs> I don't quite understand what you're saying. Either nor, side nor do I. Jones the Engineer said that in my ear and I just repeated it out loud. <laughs> Ja- Jamie's in Bexley. Peter, stay there. Jamie, help me out. Um, it, the time difference, the maximum time difference you can have on the dateline is minus 14 in Newey. And because it goes over minus 12, you can go to the other side of the dateline and in London, because that's on the Prime Meridian. So you can have three calendar days at once. But as soon as you cross the international dateline from Newey, it's another day. What's that other bit you said, Newey? Yeah, in Newey. What's um, Newey? It's an island. Is it? In the Pacific. Okay. In, you can go Niue, the line islands of Kiribati, which are at minus 14. What the hell is going... How do you know this, Jamie? I'm a geography student. Well, it's paying off, isn't it? So there's a, an island called Niue. How do you spell that? N-I-U-E. And N-I-U. there are... And there's something called the Lion Islands, a group of islands in Kiribati called the Lion Islands, yeah. which are at minus 14. And you yeah. cross the international dateline from there to Yeah. And because it's at minus 14, not minus 12, it's another day. And then that one day, and then in London, because it's on the Prime Meridian, that's another day. So there's three days at one, at one point. Right, Jamie, stay there. Peter. I give in. Oh, that's a relief, because I was about to say, compared to your diary... <laughs> Compared to your old diary, pal, that sounded pretty flipping impressive. I'm I'm, I'm thrashed. (laughs) Wasn't that amazing? Yeah. But, Peter, can we just close Jamie's phone down? I don't want to hear the next bit. Um, How much of that did you understand, mate? Not a lot. (laughs) But it just sounds right. Am I right? Uh, Look, um, I'm I'm a gentleman. Yeah. Jamie, have the round of applause. Yeah. Uh, Jamie, what level are you studying? Are you an undergraduate, a PhD student? Please don't say GCSEs, because then we'll all feel inadequate. I'm under GCSE. <sighs> Give her a round of applause. I'm in year eight. There you go. <laughs> Great work, Jamie. Thank you. 12.38. Cross that one off. This is LBC. You uh, may know the difference. I know that there's a cute clue in the title, but it needs to be a biological explanation of the difference between an eating apple and a cooking apple. Uh, why do we talk of a quantum leap when a quantum is something quite tiny, apparently? Trees in fields, pigeons in uh, pre-city civilizations, and anything else you want, actually. 0845 is the number to call if you want to join in. I told you, actually, I forgot to tell you, that we operate under a guarantee on, on Mystery Hour every week. By one o'clock on a Thursday, if you listen to this feature, you will know more than you did at 12 noon. And I don't think you're going to argue with me today. Davy's in Southwark. Davy, question or answer? 
Uh, answer, James. Come on, Davey. Uh, concerning regarding the quantum leap question, you said that um, you talk about quantum leap as something that's very large, but yes. quantum is something that's very small, but you're actually getting a little bit mixed up. Not me. It was old Rupert in Twickenham, Davey. He was the one that asked <laughs> the question. I just went along with him because he seemed so polite. <laughs> All right, then I'll let you off. Um, what, what it actually refers to, and I, I'm no way an expert, but I just happen to have an interest in this, um, is the a quantum leap is the different is is the leap that an electron takes to a different energy state, a different energy level when it's surrounding the the nucleus. So in an atom, so that's what a quantum leap refers to. And when it does have when it when it makes that leap to the next energy level, uh, because it's only in defined set levels that it can leap to, it emits a, a flash of light, and not, that's a, 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 actually a photon. That's how light actually is, is created. Blimey, I thought the last lady was imp- I thought Jamie was impressive. You're not just doing GCSEs as well, are you, Davey? No, no, I'm way past that. What I'm are your afraid. qualifications? But I'll, te- I'll tell you how I know. I'm, I'm in music, I've got a degree in music, but I'll tell you how I know, because way back in the day when I first got iTunes, um, the, the, on- the only free uh, stuffed videos that I could watch was actually a, a lecture on quantum physics, <laughs> and I had to sit and watch that for half an hour, and learned all about it, and it was fascinating. That's brilliant! <laughs> Just because you had the, you had the kit, but you didn't have anything to watch on it that you did, that wasn't free, so you just stuck on a lecture on quantum physics. And there you go. Who yeah. thought it would pay off in such spectacular fashion? I know. I've waited all this time to use it as well. <laughs> as, a, as a student of music, would you like to hear? Would you, could we trouble you for your opinion on one of our mystery hour theme tunes? Do you think? Absolutely. So we should, oh, by just... the way, can I also just say that quantize is a term used in music as well. When when you because because what I said about the the energy levels and it's only set energy levels the electrons can't be in between those energy levels it jumps from one to another so i know what's happened i know what's happened and you're too polite to say so what's that well rupert and indeed myself got a bit confused by the tv program quantum leap well i mean that that was just used in reference to a different energy state or energy level well i know that now but at the time we thought it meant wow that's a really big leap you're going back in time yeah he's making a big leap into a different time in the future of the past or whatever you understand but he wasn't but I was just finishing saying about the the music thing quantized so if you record let's say a drum track and uh, and you're putting in you know I don't know hi-hats or whatever and it's slightly out of time you can you want to quantize it using software in the computer and it puts it precisely in the proper time uh, you know the the, the certain um, you know, so that it's absolutely in sixteenths or eighths or whatever, yes. instead of being slightly off time. So that's used quantized as well. In uh, I wonder if Chris often okay. used quantized when he put together the original and uh, and the first official Mystery Hour theme tune. Every Thursday afternoon on LBC, it's Mystery Hour with Mr. James O'B. By one p.m., one thing's for sure: you're gonna know more than you did before. Mystery Hour. Mystery Hour, 97.3. Oh, that was awkward. It's not 97.3 anymore, is it? We've we, we gone national now, but uh, nevertheless, <laughs> Davey, apart from that lyrical slip, what do you make of that? What do you reckon? Uh, questionable. What? Questionable. <laughs> What's flipping out, mate? It's just a bit of fun. You're supposed to just pile in and say, brilliant, James. I really respect I think, that guy. I think the word I would use is cheese. Cheesy. <laughs> Yeah, right, all right. We want yours in by next week. <laughs> right, okay. Quantized or otherwise. It's coming up to 12.43. You're listening to James O'Brien on LBC. 
Wow. Uh, pigeons, trees in fields and apples. Still need answers, which means we've got room for more questions, which makes it all the better that Claire in Richmond is standing by. Claire, question or answer? Uh, it's a question. Yes. Um, I want to know whether it's true that boys are always going to be taller than their mothers. Um, and if so, why, other than just the mother dictates obviously the height gene in a boy, I'm sort of interested in that aspect of it. Yes. And are there any other genetic givens? Hang um, on, you're only allowed one question, Claire. <laughs> well, it's sort of tied in. No, 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 no. <laughs> I know what you Richmond types are like, while waltzing up and down the hill, thinking that, thinking that the world is your oyster. You're just like everybody else. There's no special treatment for Richmondites. You get one question <laughs> and one question only, and that question is, is it true that boys will always be taller than their mothers? But, yes, I'd, but I'd also like it. I told you, no. What, uh, no, no. No. Sorry. You'll get, okay. you'll get a yes or a no. Of course there'll be an attendant explanation, otherwise I'll have no way of knowing whether the person providing the answer is just flipping a coin and saying yes or no. Why do you want to know? Are you ex especially tall and you're worried that your son is going to be banging his head on, 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 on light fittings? <laughs> no. I mean, I do have a son, and, and he's seven, um, and um, he does this thing where he stands on the chair in the kitchen and he says, chair hug. And obviously, oh. when he does that, he's taller than me. And yes. I look up at him, and I just think, I cannot believe that one day... Oh. I mean, I'm five foot ten, so, you know... So he's going to be a fair size. Uh, yeah, so I look up, and I, I look at him, and I think, I cannot believe that one day you're going to be possibly this height. And it just seems astonishing when he's obviously only seven, and, and I just wonder whether it really is true. And but where did you hear it? I don't think I've heard it before. I don't know. I mean, I think someone just said it once, and then someone else said it. And, okay. And well, we'll try and find out. I saw, um, do you know Jamie Cullum, the jazz pianist? Uh, yeah, I've heard of him, yeah. And he's, he's married to Sophie Dahl, the, the, the model. Oh, yeah. And uh, there's probably about a foot and a half between them. Do they have sons? I, I, well, they have children. I saw them in a restaurant a, a couple of years ago, but I, I don't want to invade their privacy in any way. I find it very unlikely that Jamie Cullum's son is going to end up taller than Sophie Dahl. Mm. Don't you? Um, I don't know. It's just that when I've had a think and I've had this conversation with other people and they've thought about it, no one can think of anyone that they know who is... Oh, everyone's racking their brains now. ...shorter than their mother. Everyone's racking their brains now. And try well, it also, it's not going to work if I say, no, well, there's, you know, there's, there's... If I said to you now, well, look, there's Laura and Keith, that wouldn't mean anything to you, would it? But then I'd want to know that... Uh, I know you, you would. Know. I've already got that impression, Claire. <laughs> just Le would like to know. I, I know. I'd, I'd, I'd leave it with me. It's 12.45. Mystery Hour with James O'Brien on LBC. Twelve minutes to one. Um, boys and mums, I, I don't know. I just, just saw how to break it to Claire. I don't think there's any truth at all in the notion that a son will always be taller than a mum. But all I need... or You could get a mystery round of applause here without even getting out of bed. All I need, if your fully grown son is smaller than you, mum... That's it. You've got a round of applause. All you've got to do is ring in and say, yeah, my son is smaller than me. 0845... It's got to be true... 0845 is the number you need. Where did pigeons live before uh, cities came about? I, I kind of gave that away with that old joke about what do you call a man with a seagull on his head. But if you want to go definitive, there's still a, there's still a phone line free. Uh, the difference between an apple and a cooking apple. I tell you what, for, for, for mystery hour addicts and anoraks who've never managed to get that round of applause on the board, I would cautiously suggest to you, today is the day to fill your boots. But you've only got ten minutes left. Tim's in Blackheath. Tim, question or answer? Uh, answer, James. Go on, then. Um, it's to do with the cops of the trees in oh. an agricultural field. Um, it's one of two, really. It uh, can either be because the trees have a protection order in place, what's called a TPO. Um, a tree protection it, order? 
tree protection or yeah. yes, um, <laughs> or it's actually helped with the water log in the field because obviously, as we all know, trees absorb water and they hold the soil together and all that sort of yes. thing as well. Agreed. Um, what, what are you? I like that. So the farmer would have done it deliberately. Um, not necessarily the farmer would have done it deliberately, deliberately, sorry. The tree protection order, that means no one can touch them. Yeah. Um, and it's very hard to actually even, um, prune them back. Um, but if the trees have been there, then there's obviously be either been an issue with the field with it flooding, and it just keeps, it helps keep it all together, really. Qualifications, Tim? Uh, ex-tree surgeon and agricultural engineer. I love it when Jones does that. He just leant straight on the applause then, Tim. There was no need for me to say fine. He wasn't even hanging on my word waiting for the thumbs up. He knew that you just nailed it in, in some style, so thank you. Not a problem. I do try. Thank you. Good, good work. Terry's in Battersea. Question or answer, Terry? Question, James. Carry on. How many spoken languages are there in the world? Blimey, you don't want much, do you? No, not a lot. How many spoken... So... <laughs> Uh, well, all right. Oh eight four five six oh six oh nine seven three. Be quick on that. And and by spoken language, do you do you include languages that are only kept alive by people that aren't that speak them? Yes. <laughs> no, no. All right, clever clogs. I meant like Cornish. There's no one alive who only speaks Cornish, but Cornish is still well, a language. Falls under English, isn't it? No. No. Okay. No. We'll include Cornish then. But even though no one speaks it anymore. Well, no one speaks it. It's not a spoken language. But no, it? they speak it, but not exclusively. They still speak it. Yeah, so that would count. Spoken you don't language. just mean languages yeah. that are the sole means of communication for their users. You mean a language that is is used, regardless of yes. whether or not all the users yes. are actually bilingual. Yes, falls under under the brackets of language, doesn't it? You, you, you've been a bit clever, clogs, Terry. I do apologise. No, that's absolutely fine, mate. You're in very good company. Yes. But uh, but I think 250 people speak Cornish, just so you know. Okay. But they all speak English as well. Right. This isn't really helping, is it? No, it's not, is it? 476, mate. No round of applause, James. What, what? Why not? Well, it's not correct, is it? Yes, it is. I'll start doing alphabetical order for you. Andorran, Albanian. Oh, God, I went wrong then, didn't I? All right, get him an answer, quick. Oh eight four five six oh six oh nine seven three. How many broken? Uh, how many languages are spoken in the world? Rob's in Wallingham. Rob, question or answer? All right, it's an answer. Yes. Right, it's the answer regarding where did pigeons live? Yes. Before cities were built. Yes. Um, pigeons are a rock bird, so they lived on rock faces. Otherwise known um, as a pigeon on a rock face. Otherwise known as. Don't know. What do you call a man with a seagull on his head? one earlier but didn't catch my I thought there's no point in remembering that one so I'd never tell it come on <laughs> what do you call a man with a seagull on it oi steadily, everyone's having a pop now what do you call a man with a seagull on his head no idea I'll give you a clue Christmas time mistletoe and wine Christi- no 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 I'm having too much fun mate the young ones have you got it yet <laughs> no up myself for walking, talking. <laughs> no? No. What do you call a man with a seagull on his head? I don't who, know. who sings at Wimbledon when it rains? Cliff. Thank you! What's another <laughs> word for a rock face? Cliff. Thank you! Carry on. <laughs> right, the, uh, the reason why 
this. Uh, I used to work in the pest control industry. Oh yes. Um, and it's why you don't find pigeons on small branches of trees. Yes. And it's also why... Because they want to be higher up. They want to be higher up. No, no, not because of that. It's because they move. Oh. And it's also because that's why they put the wire across the window sills. because a pigeon, if it tries to land on something which is not solid, yeah. it will automatically fly away because of its instinct from living on a rock face with loose rocks. Or, or a... Cliff. Thank you. <laughs> So that's why. So that's why you don't find them on the small branches. Of and trees. that's where they lived before cities came about. Correct. You are a genius. And although, oh, no. uh, well, I, to be fair, mate, this is actually my round of applause. But I've rather filled, <laughs> I've rather filled my boots today. So I'm going to let you have it all. Thank you very much. Thank you, Rob. Well played. <laughs> Julie's in Chorleywood. Question or answer, Julie? I've got an answer, James. Bring it on. Um, I am five foot. Um, sorry, my son, I'm a first-time caller, so I'm very nervous. Don't be, it's only Mystery Hour. <laughs> no one ever gets into trouble on Mystery Hour. <laughs> I always listen to Mystery Hour. Bless you. Um, I have a fully grown son who's 25 this year. Yes. I'm five foot nine, and he's only about five foot eight and a half, so he's definitely shorter than me. Only about, about half an inch, but he's definitely shorter than me. And, and I, I, has finished growing. Oh, he's definitely finished growing. Interestingly, I have a daughter as well, who's 18, mm. who's 5 foot 10, so she's taller than her brother. Now, that must be extremely unusual. I don't know. I don't know. To have a daughter uh, usually to have a sister girls, that's taller than you? I, I think f- girls' bones fuse at two years earlier than boys, so generally speaking, that's why boys are bigger than girls, because their bones fused right. earlier. But you, but obviously, in your case... Uh, how old is, 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 is your partner, or the father of your children? Um, Not old. Why do you say, how old is he? How tall is he? <laughs> how tall is he? I yes. wonder why you were asking Sorry, that. it's 12.55. He actually... <laughs> I am... Well, I am five foot nine. My husband is slightly shorter than me. He's five foot seven and a quarter. We must never forget the quarter of an no, inch, because he's I, very I, proud I, of I'm, that. Yeah, yes, I'm well aware So, so he is shorter than me. So, interestingly, my son is taking after him, and my daughter's obviously taking after me. So but my, my son is shorter I, than me. So my Jamie Cullum, Sophie Dahl suggestion was probably sound. Yeah, do you know I missed that? I'm really sorry. I just came in at the tail end of Mystery Hour, which what? is unusual because I normally listen to all of it, James. What do you call a man with a seagull on his head? Oh, Bob. I don't know why I... F- I honestly, give her a round of applause so I don't lose my temper. Here you go. <laughs> Thank you, Julie. I, 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 it's like... It's like I'm... Paul's in Grey's. Question or answer, Paul? Hello, uh, James. It's uh, Paul the Ice Cream Man here, again. Hello, Paul the Ice Cream Man. What have you got for me? It's an answer. Don't say a strawberry mivy. No, hundreds of thousands. <laughs> it's, it's an answer. Carry on. To the um, language question. Oh, yeah. It's 2,600. Now, get, get out. Uh, yeah, all day long. Qualifications? Um, uh, fortunately, I heard it on a, another radio show in the afternoon where they love the show and they do facts and factoids. Oh, oh, yeah. Was it, was it, hey, great show. I love the show. Hey, you love the show. Great show. Yeah, great show. Yeah, great fact. That's Was it, it that show? Round of applause. Great show. Oh, hang on a minute. 2,600 spoken languages in the world. How many can you speak? Two. Go on, what's the other one? Gibberish. Gibberish. <laughs> <laughs> Gibberish. <laughs> Sorry, I just snorted. Helen's in Finchley. Helen, question or answer? Oh, uh, <clears throat> the question, James. Uh, I won't get an answer. It's too late. Well, hang on. I'm on fire. I'm on fire today. Have a bit of hope. (laughs) Um, I want to know if there's any religion or denomination other than the Church of England that has a secular person at its head. I mean, Jews have a chief rabbi. uh, Muslims have an imam. um, But the Church of England, as opposed, of, of course, to the Catholic Church, which has 
like a proper cleric, if you want to call it that. Yes. They have a secular person. Now, does that exist anywhere else in the world? I think I, I think it does, yes. Sorry? You're... I said I think, I, I think you'll find it does, yes. Hello? It does, it does exist in other parts. Sorry, I'm, you're very distorted. No, I was putting on a slightly pompous voice. Oh, sorry, but you're very distant as well. Oh, I apologise. The Church, Helen, of Scientology. Yes. A Scientology, huh? Oh, yes, yes, but that's a cult, isn't that a cult? No, no! It's a church. It's absolutely a proper religion, just like all the others. Oh, yes, that's right. It's been, de- it's been declared a religion. It has it's been right. declared an official religion. Oh, OK, so it's a de- denomination, maybe. Oh, no, it's actually... No, it's actually, a religion, Helen. I've just given religion. you... I've just given you <laughs> an answer of purest green. <laughs> and it gives okay, me that means I get this. That's a new record for me. I'm sure you're all delighted. We'll do it again tomorrow from ten. Helen, everybody, thank you. Oh, I love Mystery Hour. And uh, tomorrow from ten, as I said, this is LBC. I'm James O'Brien. The next voice you'll hear belongs to Julia Hartley Brewer.